Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Williamson and Ray Garvin. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm ready to dig right in. I, I've enjoyed the heck out of this series, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. These have been great. And, of course, we know that's all due to our buddy Ray Garvin. Ray, as you guys know by now, is a senior writer over at DLF. He's the Devi team lead. He's the host of the Destination Devi. He's got all kinds of names for himself. What, what are you calling yourself these days, Ray? I mean, it depends on it depends on the day. Mondays, okay. And Mondays, Wednesdays, and uh, Fridays, I'm Podzilla. Tuesdays and Thursdays, the Debbie Doctor. Saturdays and Sundays, the King of College. It just depends on how I feel that day. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Do you have theme music when you come into the ring too? Oh yeah, yeah. Theme music, fire shooting up when I step on the mic. Of course, yeah. <laughs> It's all very appropriate. Ray, today uh, we're going to continue our series looking at one 2020 uh, incoming rookie at a time. Today we're talking about Justin Jefferson, the junior wide receiver from LSU. Really enjoyed a, a breakout season last year, and uh, it looks like he's going to to cash in on that. He's, he's a first rounder in basically every mock draft I see. Really solid career at LSU. And uh, looking back at his numbers it was almost like nobody heard of this guy in 2018. I know you did. I know the the, the college diehards did. But if you're just a casual, uh, even if you're just a casual dynasty fan or a Devy player, after his sophomore year, Justin Jefferson maybe was somebody you weren't very familiar with. He had 54 catches, 875 yards, six touchdowns for one of the top teams in the country. And it was like nobody really noticed. And then we had the, the huge year last year. 111, 1540, 18 touchdowns. Now he's going to be a first rounder. What happened that this guy went so under the radar? And and we've talked about it. His quarterback kind of did the same thing. Even in Devy leagues, we were ignoring Joe Burrow. But we'll, we'll focus on Jefferson today. Well, I mean, it's it's funny that you you say that because it's the entire LSU offense that that sort of was the theme of their 2019 compared to their 2018 season. Joe Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jamar Chase didn't do much as a true freshman. Justin Jefferson, you know, had the, when you really look at the numbers, he was the most productive overall player out of the, you know, quartet of stars that you talk about from that LSU Tiger team. And, uh, you know, a lot of it, it's it's Joe Brady. I, I think the scheme changed. They played an up-tempo offense. They switched stuff around. They got their playmakers the ball, and uh, it, it took off and benefited every single member of that LSU offense. Every every single thing from the backup tight ends to the running backs, the third receiver, it, it benefited everybody. And uh, Justin Jefferson just went out there in 2019 and continued to build upon a, a very solid uh, sophomore campaign, like you said, 700, uh, 875 yards, six TDs is a sophomore. So that was not bad production whatsoever. And then he just completely took it to another level, as did everybody on that team in 2019. Ray, quick question for you just about the LSU offense in general. Obviously, they're LSU. They got talent. I mean, they have good football players every year. They can recruit. But there was obviously a huge jump from last year to this year. And I know a lot of it stems from much fewer people in protection, getting five men into routes. But my question to you, and I don't think it's even answerable, it's kind of like, who's more important, Belichick or Brady? But 
did Burrow lift all ships, or did Coach Brady lift all ships, or was it just a perfect mesh between quarterback and coach? I think it was a perfect mesh, you know, and, and you're right. It's one of those things where we can't, like, give a definitive answer, but it definitely seems uh, when you insert Joe Brady into the equation coming from the New Orleans Saints, things just look different in 2019. You go back and watch the 2018 tape towards the end of the season, Joe Burrow started to play a lot better, but nowhere near the level of just ridiculousness that yeah. we saw this past season. 60 touchdowns is incomprehensible almost even in college so I do think that the offensive coordinator and the philosophy that the offense uh, implemented was a very big very big part of their success and all of these uh, skill position players were benefactors of that Ray let's get into the uh, get into the Jefferson talk a little bit more here do you have a unique fact or a stat about Jefferson yeah, I, I just think that it's it's so interesting where these guys come from because Jefferson coming out of high school was a low three-star recruit. Uh, some recruiting service sites have him as a two-star or a one-star recruit. Uh, according to 24-7 Sports, he was the 308th ranked wide receiver in the 2017 class wow. and the 2,164th ranked overall player nationally <laughs> in 2017 and just a couple of wide receivers who were uh were ranked a lot higher than uh Justin Jefferson coming out of high school and you tell me which one you'd rather have Donovan Peoples Jones was number one in that class Jeff Thomas out of Miami was number five in the class Joseph Lewis was number four I don't even know who that is um so (laughs) he's in jail now okay well there you go and then you've got players like uh you know Tylen Wallace was was up there just I say that to say he was an afterthought in that class and one of the most just mind-boggling numbers for me was he had a verified, and we all know that the combine is not indicative of fantasy football success and scoring points, but it does help secure or elevate some draft capital for some guys. But coming out of high school, Justin Jefferson, his confirmed, verified 40-yard dash time was a 4.88. That's what he was running out of high mm. school. I mean, that is offensive lineman speed. You know what I mean? You're getting up there with – with 340-pound defensive tackles. That's how fast they're running. That's what this wide receiver, who was 180, 170 pounds, was running a 4.88. Um, so when we get into what he actually did at the combine, it was just absolutely uh, just astonishing to me for him to improve that much in his 40-yard dash time. But a lowly-rated recruit that was slow coming out of high school, he has completely transformed himself into a first round uh, potential first round pick and at worst he's going to be a top 40 selection in the NFL draft. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he have two brothers that played at LSU before him? I don't know if you know that or not, but I read that. He sure way did. Back. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, uh, Jordan Jefferson, the quarterback, uh he was not a very good quarterback, but he, I mean, he was a little mobile, but no NFL potential, fantasy potential there. And then he had another brother that also played at LSU. And even then, and that's probably, Matt, probably one of the big reasons why he did get that offer was sort right, of, right. you know, he's got the the family heritage, the lineage, so we're going to offer this kid and we'll see what he does. And it turned out to be the right move for uh, uh, for old uh, Ed Orgeron down there in uh, Bayou, Bayou Bengals. I have one other question, because just because you mentioned the 40 time, he ran extremely well in Indy. Um, came into LSU, obviously, with very poor times, 
And I thought a lot of people leading into Indy thought, boy, if he's under four five five, that would be really good for this guy. And obviously, he was much better than that. But my question to you is: you know, we talked about Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager looks faster on film than the number he put at Indy. Does Jefferson look a little slower on film than the number he put at Indy? I don't. I don't know because he's 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 a little bit taller than Rager, right? He's six one, and you know, coming in at two oh two. He's kind of like a strider. He's he's a strider, um, and when he gets in the open field, I have not seen him caught from behind very often. So I just think you know certain. It's it's funny with forty time and what your eyes tell you on the field because you look at there's some players that are you know five six five seven when they get the ball their feet are just moving so fast they look like they're moving way faster than they time. And I think Jefferson is one of those guys, once he gets in the open field and can get those long legs going, and he's not getting caught, he's pulling away from defenders. And that was evidenced uh, early in the season versus Texas when he was pulling away from guys for 70 yards for touchdowns. That's a great point, because I've heard Greg Cosell say over the last few years that one of his hardest lessons in scouting was realizing how fast Mike Evans was. You know what I mean? Like this, those long striders that eat up so much grass. They don't look like they're going fast, but they're eating up space. I mean, they have longer stride lengths. Speed is just how often you turn your feet over times the length of your stride. And if your length of your yep. stride is huge, but you, I mean, it, it eats up a lot of space. You're fast. Yes, yes. I mean, and I'm not, please, please do not think that I'm comparing the two, but look at six foot five Calvin Johnson when he ran. I mean, he just mm. ate up so much field area with each step, uh, you don't think he's moving that fast, but he's a 4'3", 40-yard dash wide receiver that's 230 pounds. So, absolutely, it's it's the same type of dynamic. So, to answer your question, he, he looks – I didn't think he looked 4'3 four, four, fast, but he looks plenty fast enough on the field. Mm-hmm. Ray, what is the data tell us about Justin Jefferson? Uh, uh, ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, you go back, again, for me – you want to see good players produce early in their career. I would rather you – I want to see you come in as a true freshman and get some playing time and produce. I want to see that sophomore year production, definitely sophomore year production. And then you want to see them produce, uh, build upon that their junior season. And, Ryan, you already – I mean, 111 receptions up from five, uh, 54 the year before, which is that's – a, that's a great – for somebody who had zero receptions, zero yards – zeros across the board as a true freshman uh, to come in as a sophomore and have, you know, push upwards of a thousand yards receiving 54 receptions in the SEC. That's tremendous. And then he, all he did was build upon that for 111, uh, 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns. And everybody likes to talk about Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase is a fantastic wide receiver product uh, prospect. Fantastic. And he won the Bolitnikoff Award as the nation's best receiver. But his stat line was 84 receptions, 1,780 yards, and 20 TDs. So Justin Jefferson was right there along with the Bolitnikoff Award-winning wide receiver, Jamar Chase. So the data tells me that not only has this kid gotten better every year from a production standpoint, he clearly did something in the weight room to improve his body he built up he came in heavier at the combine than what he was listed that he played at and then he timed faster and jumped more explosively than we even thought so that tells me that you've got and these are the things you can't measure right it's the 
underdog who was low was not heavily recruited who didn't play early who got a shot a sophomore year and said I am not relinquishing that smashes as a junior and then goes out to the combine and shuts everybody up and says I am athletic I am fast solidify me as a top 40 pick in this NFL draft so the data it just backs up everything that I like about this kid in his game Right, everything you've said about this player so far, kind of like you were just saying now, really implies to me, and I don't know anything about the kid's personality, that he must be a hard worker, he must be highly competitive, and probably grades very high in both those capacities. And I wonder, is it more or at least as impressive to go for 875 with a 16.2 average in 18 as it was to catch 11, 111 balls for a night, almost a 14 you know, average per catch in 19, considering his circumstances. Yeah, and, and you got to think about in order to get in, in, in order to hit 111 college receptions, you got to be on the field, you got to be open, you've got to be durable, you've got to know where you're supposed to be, you have to have sure hands. He did that consistently. So, I mean, it's just uh, which feat was more impressive? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But like you said, what I do know, Matt, is he is a, by all accounts, and I don't know him either. I don't have any insider information. But just looking at his career arc, his trajectory, that shows me that he's willing to work, that he did not relinquish his role to a highly touted four and five star recruit which they had as the number three wide receiver on that team and uh he he produced when he was given the opportunity so for that uh kudos to him and uh excited for us in dynasty to get a share of justin jefferson folks do you think you're smarter than an nfl gm do you think you're the best at fantasy football well here's your chance to prove it dynasty owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty owner is for the smart and elite fantasy football player. There's no offseason at Dynasty owner. The rookie draft matters. Free agency matters. Every contract matters. Come to a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL players' contracts and salaries. Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and, and by trading players and draft picks. Win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. The mobile app is in development and will be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts this May. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. Ray, we've talked about the data with Justin Jefferson. Let's talk about what you've seen on film. You've you've dropped a couple hints so far. He's a long strider. Some uh, hasn't gotten caught from uh, from behind very often. What else have you seen? He's just a smooth player. He's very smooth. He lined up primarily uh, inside at the slot receiver position at LSU, which I kind of like. You know, six foot one, two hundred and two pound slot receiver. Uh, not quite as thick as Juju Smith-Schuster, but we've seen, you know, a lot of people think of these slot receivers as shorter, uh, quick guys, but we've seen these bigger slot wide receivers have success at the next level. So his primary position was at the slot. He's smooth. Uh, he is a long strider. He does have good burst. He does have good acceleration, very good hands. And one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite traits from him is He's very, very competitive, man. Like, he's not afraid to lower the shoulder. He's got outstanding body control. 
He's just he is he's just a very very well rounded wide receiver. I I I do not think he he possesses some of the upside of a C.D. Lamb, some of the upside of a Jerry Judy, or maybe even some of the upside that a T. Higgins possesses because of of how big he is and how he wins. But when you're just talking about just a a a safe, productive wide receiver, there's no doubt in my mind that for the foreseeable future. Justin Jefferson is going to be somebody that that dynasty owners are going to be able to plug in, play, uh, have some at least expected fantasy points from him. And, you know, if if three years from now you told me that Justin Jefferson finishes a, a season as a wide receiver one, it wouldn't shock me. You know, I think he's just a rock solid wide receiver two for dynasty. And the film confirms that solid hands, good size, outstanding athlete. Uh, he's a great, he's a really, really good wide receiver prospect. One thing I noticed about him, just watching him, he really operates in traffic, in garbage, really, really well. Contested catches, getting free amongst a lot of bodies, just, you know, with a lot of people around him, he excels. Matt, nail on the head. And let me just let you guys in on a little, you know, football insight here. That drag route, I know it's only a couple of yards down the field, but it is a very, it's a scary place to roam when you're dragging across the middle and you've got linebackers in front of you and behind you, the safety's barreling down on you, you probably have another wide receiver crossing in front of your face. The field to be able to navigate that traffic, to navigate that junk, to stay focused on your route and on your path, the path that you're on, catch the ball and not worry about getting blasted by an outside linebacker or a strong safety that is just a feel for the game and Jefferson is able to navigate those kind of deep crossing routes the shallow crossers phenomenally and yeah it's a testament to just his football IQ and his competitive toughness not worrying about Mm -hmm. taking that big shot and once he gets the ball he's not one of those wide receivers that's catching it and falling down right you know I Remember the Deshaun Jackson when he catch those routes across the middle? I mean, he is going down. We saw it with Hollywood Brown this past season. You throw it to him across the middle, they are catching it and getting down immediately. Jefferson's looking to create some yaks. So, great, great observation, Matt. The last question I have about his game is tape. And this is a hard thing. This is a projection. How does he project in 12 personnel as a traditional outside-the-numbers receiver? You know, I don't know. That's a okay. that's a fair yeah. question because he did line up exclusively in the slot this past season. Uh, the year before, he played a little bit of outside wide receiver, but that will definitely be an adjustment because you, he's going to want to be a more complete wide receiver. You want to be on the field in 12 personnel. You know, if he lands with the Rams and they're, they're traditionally they run three wide receivers, that's their base formation. That's something different. But uh, I, I think he will have to adjust to – that in the physicality of corners because he didn't face a lot of press. He got a lot of single coverage because there was no way you can double him with Jamar Chase on one side, with Terrace Marshall there, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield, with Thad Moss at tight end. So he faced a lot of single coverage, a lot, a lot of, of off coverage. Goes. Absolutely. Two, yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's the route, two-way go. Yeah. I can beat you one way or the other. So uh, he's going to have to adjust to that, and that is where – uh, if I had to say a negative or, or something that he'll have Question. to work on, it's definitely yeah. that. Yep. All right, Ray. You've only really mentioned one other uh, wide receiver so far in this episode. That was Calvin Johnson. I'm guessing that's not <laughs> going to be that's not going to be the comp 
for Justin Jefferson. Let's not put that He's on. close. He's close to Calvin Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, who does Jefferson remind you of that uh, maybe our listeners are, are more familiar of or, or uh, remember well in the NFL? His game and what I would expect from him for the long run really, really reminds me of Tyler Boyd. He reminds me mm-hmm. of that type of player. Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, it's he, he operates a lot out of the slot. He has developed his game to where he could play outside. Um, and, and Tyler Boyd is one of those players where you have him on your roster and you plug him in every week. You know, you plug him in every week and you don't plug him in expecting a top three, a top five, a top eight finish. Now, if he gives you that, it's not it's not a surprise because it's definitely within Tyler Boyd's range of outcomes. But you have him on your roster. You plug him into your lineups because you know he's a safe floor guy that has you know has that upside potential, especially with the better quarterback around him. But he really reminds me of of Tyler Boyd. Like every time I see Justin Jefferson, I say, "There goes Tyler Boyd 2.0. Here he comes." And I'm pretty excited about that because there are only 12 wide receiver ones in the NFL. You need those consistent wide receiver twos, those wide receiver threes. So uh, I think that's the type of player he's going to be at the next level. And I am more than happy to have him on my roster. If I can say I've got another Tyler Boyd on my team. I I think some listeners might be like, Oh, I don't want to use the eighth pick in my draft on Tyler Boyd on a wide receiver two. I'm NFL coaches adore Tyler Boyd. I mean, if he was a free agent, he would be a wealthy, wealthy man. He has a skill set that people love. He actually grew up around here. He is a tough-ass kid. And, I mean, this sounds a little far-fetched, but if you stuck Tyler Boyd in New Orleans and and took Michael Thomas oh. out and said, go be Michael Thomas for 16 games, he's probably going to catch 100 balls. Yep. I mean, and, and look at Tyler Boyd's past two seasons. Last year, 90 receptions, 1,046 yards, 5 TDs. The year before that, 76 grabs, 1,028 yards, 7 TDs. Uh, are you really upset with that? You know, right, you're, right. okay, you're not getting 1,500 yards. You're not getting that, but you're getting 80 receptions on average every single year. You're getting 1,000 yards, and you're getting 6 to and, – and, and that's just – and he was a late bloomer. A lot of people wrote Tyler Boyd off early in his career. He kind of came on, I believe it was his fourth year where he really broke out. So I'm with you, Matt. If Tyler Boyd at the free agent market today, he'd be a premier free agent for NFL teams. I wonder if Joe Burrow will like Tyler Boyd. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think Boyd he's going to. Yeah. Yeah, buy Boyd. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky tip. Buy Boyd. Nice, nice. I like that. Uh, ideal landing spot for. Justin Jefferson. Ray, what do you got for us? Oh, man. I, how good would he and be? Anywhere, right? Uh, yeah, right. I, I mean, anywhere. I would have said New Orleans, but they just made a uh, – I think they just got a wide receiver, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. So that sort of sort of eliminates that. The Green Bay Packers still look like they're trying to find somebody. They signed Devin Funches. I don't know uh, how that's going to impact him. but Still, still looking for somebody. St- <laughs> still looking for someone. <laughs> But it, it's those it's those wide receiver needy teams at the end of the first. Again, you know, I, I just don't think – I know Philadelphia Eagle fans are salivating over Henry Ruggs, but I, I just – I don't see him falling to 21. I just don't see that happening. I really think he probably is going to be the first wide receiver taken. So you get a wide receiver like Jefferson on the Eagles to give Carson Wentz another reliable target. Uh, you put him on a, on a situation like um, – who else? Where else could he land? I, I wouldn't say Buffalo. Right, everywhere. 
Denver. But yeah, the, any of those teams, even even if New, New Orleans wanted to upgrade their third wide receiver slot, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is thirty something years old, coming off of a torn Achilles tendon. Why not put him there? Another reliable target for Drew Brees. So I think he can land in a variety of places, uh, and he'll thrive. What what if what if the Cincinnati Bengals grab him at the top of the second? Get him back with Joe Burrow. Now you got two Tyler Boyds on the team. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. I, he's one of those players that I just think is he'd be a good NFL fit just about anywhere. And because of his skill set, we should be excited for him uh, in Dynasty. Ray, I know you're doing a startup dynasty draft right now. We were talking about that before we got started. Would you rather have Justin Jefferson in a startup or T.Y. Hilton? I'll just tell you that he went, Justin Jefferson went before T.Y. Hilton in this startup. He's still sitting uh, still sitting on the board. So I would probably take the youth. I would take the upside of, of Jefferson over T.Y. Hilton. And T.Y. is still sitting there in that draft yeah. with uh, some, some, sharp, some sharp fantasy analysts in the industry. And T.Y. is still sitting. Jefferson or Boyd? I would take Boyd. I would rather have Jeff Jefferson as well. He's actually right behind T.Y. Hilton in our latest uh, startup draft ADP over at Dynasty League Football. He's 83 overall, Jefferson is, in our March ADP. We'll start our April drafts in just a few days, have some new data, and I won't be surprised at all if Jefferson moves up in that uh, in that data. That makes him the wide receiver 40. And actually looking at this group of, of five players uh, around Jefferson, there's a couple of rookies. We've got T. Higgins, then T. Y. Hilton, as I mentioned, Jefferson there in the middle, Darren Waller, and then Henry Ruggs. So Higgins, Jefferson, Ruggs, all being valued uh, there in the '80s as as wide receiver, uh, basically wide receiver fours. Uh, that feels like a value for all of those guys. Uh, looking at rookie drafts again, pulling from mock draft ADP data at Dynasty League Football. He's the 11th overall pick, the 111 and the wide receiver six. I definitely think he'll be moving up from that spot. Uh, We've talked a lot about that race for the wide receiver three spot in Dynasty rookie drafts after Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. It could be Jefferson. It could be Ruggs. Could be Higgins. Could be maybe it's LaVisca Chenault. He's he's kind of trending down. Uh, Who else? Who am I forgetting, Ray? Uh, I mean, <laughs> oh, your, your boy, Jalen, Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager. Rager yeah, course. Rager. Yeah, Rager. There you go. So uh, lot, lots of competition and really any of those guys, whoever ends up being the wide receiver six or the one eleven, <laughs> is, is going to is, is going to look like a great value. Yeah, uh, but it's cert- that certainly will be the case if it's Justin Jefferson. All right, Ray, another great show for us today. Tons of awesome information about Jefferson. We can apply that uh, to our rookie draft prep work as we get ready. Uh, I'm excited. We're, we're getting closer. It looks like the draft is actually going to happen on time. Yep. I don't know if that's the best decision, but it makes me happy right now. <laughs> I'm cool with it. Guys, we'll be back next week with uh, another prospect. Uh, we're gonna uh, Let's dig a little deeper next week, Ray. You want to go right, get into can... the second round? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.